is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Andrea Burns, and we talk about grace and gratitude, access and opportunity, and she has a fantastic billboard quote. It was so great to catch up with her and to hear about the uh, future and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this two-part conversation with Andrea Burns. Keep on keeping on. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom for a very special part two, Andrea Burns. Andrea. Hello, Clay. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank I'm you. I'm incredibly proud of you and Entertainment X. Look at everything you've done and what you've built. <laughs> it's been a, just a fantastic um, thing to be listening to, to be a part of, but also to be uh, listening to as a fan. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It's amazing to see what's happened over the past year and over the last three years since uh, this little ditty was started. You were guest number, That's right. goodness, 17 or something. You were right at the beginning. Yeah. And I, I thank you for participating and for participating a second time because I want to talk to you about everything that's happened in the last year for you, what you're looking towards in the future, and so much more with musical theater. So let's just jump right into it. How have you been staying positive during this uncertain time? Well, um, you know, my first answer always is my family. I'm very, very lucky to be surrounded by um, people who inspire me and make me feel loved and, you know, including my parents. Uh, I have a brother on the West Coast and my and then, of course, my husband and son, who are my inspiration and my reason for getting up in the morning. Um, this has been, as it has been for everybody, it's been a total roller coaster. And um, we, I think in the end, you know, when everything is stripped away from you, you start to ask, yeah, but what is the most important thing? And obviously we all want to be making money and obviously our health is the most important thing. And then we all want to be continuing to have our careers and make money and move forward. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um, as long as we felt safe, connected, and creative, I think that turned out to be, you know, these were these were the priorities of 2020 and 2021. And uh, as a family, we we got busy right away as far as just finding ways to stay creative throughout the pandemic and um, and uh, just to see how we could nobody wanted to stop growing. I guess is what I want to say. Yeah. You know, that's that's my biggest fear, and and I'm happiest in an atmosphere of growth, right? Of course. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we were very active on uh, Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley's Stars in the House. Um, Peter became the artistic director and streaming director of their offshoot plays in the house, um, and uh, not long into that, Hudson became. Um, the editor, uh, the technical—I forget because no, his 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 technical director. But then he ended up taking over and becoming streaming director. Um, Hudson's I my son. It. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I have a teenage son who, like you know, we couldn't find like a regular job anywhere during high school because you know I think in New York City it's it's really hard mm -hmm. to find regular jobs in the suburbs. You can go down to the movie theater or the Shake Shack or wherever and say, you know, I'm looking for a job. And so many, even pre-pandemic, um, spots were filled that it was really hard for him to find a job. And then ultimately, once we got into the world of Zoom and video editing and technical directing, um, 
he became incredibly active and employed um, for for most of the year. So that was a real that was wonderful for him, and he was sort of thrown into it. But um, he thrived. Uh, Peter and I. Uh, Peter is, of course, a, my husband Peter Flynn is a director, but also a teacher and associate professor now at Montclair. So he went head first into teaching hybrid. Um, which is, you know, half Zoom, half in person at uh, Montclair State. And uh, I did some of that too at, at MSU, Pace University. I became the um, artist in residence there and, um, and NYU as well. Um, so, and of course, participating in all the live play readings and stuff anyway. So anyway, I just, we, we found that we were incredibly busy <laughs> <laughs> actually for for a long time which helped it helped us um it helped us navigate the the scary parts mm. of of this time and um again what i really learned is as long as we're healthy connected to the ones we love and figuring out a way to stay creative acting without an audience on zoom or mm. coaching actors in the classroom on emotional vulnerability while they were uh, it wearing masks and keeping social distance. Um, everything that just seems impossible became possible. And I guess yeah. that's the biggest silver lining of this is that we learned we could do hard things and that everything that seems undoable is doable if you're willing to sort of figure out a way. I knew this would be great because none of this <laughs> surprises me. <laughs> this is incredible. I remember you shared a picture of Peter doing his uh, teaching, you know, via Zoom, and it almost looked like a Tony Robbins-esque full body. His legs were out, his arms were out, and he was just like fully living in this connected, odd connected space of Zoom. So I, I loved yeah. that, and I love hearing about it, so thank you. I, I wonder, has your, have you taken up any new hobbies or practices or daily quote-unquote rituals because of this time from, you know, writing, meditating, praying, whatever it is? Um, I'll tell you, uh, I do yoga every morning from 8.30 to 9.30. Um, that was something that I picked up during the pandemic. Um, and it's uh, a very, it's a sacred time for me because it's not only, um, it feels like, it's not, doesn't feel like exercise. It feels like um, getting in touch with my body and meditation every morning. And um, I don't know if you, well, I, in the fall of 2019, when I was working on the rose tattoo, I had a, a, an accident and broke my ankle in three places. And so um, I was just coming out of that mm. um, when the pandemic hit. And it's interesting, speaking of silver linings of the pandemic, for me, I had already had to navigate for the four months prior, I had had to navigate what it was like to lose my livelihood, to uh, lose what I knew as my everyday routine, right. wonder when I was ever going to work again. All of those things had been, um, I'd, I'd been wrestling and and mm -hmm. rising, trying to rise up through that for the previous four months. So in a way, when everything shut down, um, I had muscles for that. Mm -hmm. And I also was grateful and we'll talk a lot about gratitude today, but mm. I was very grateful that if I had to be in such a slow space coming back in that everybody, I was grateful for the company. <laughs> Everyone had to slow down. Yeah. 
And so suddenly, especially as a New Yorker, you can start to feel very behind if you're not going 150 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And I was just starting to come back, but I could already feel the stress of, of trying to go faster than my body was physically ready to go. And so during that time, in order to participate in the commercial marketplace and creativity and all of the things that are important to me, and suddenly over Zoom, I could sit, I could rest <laughs> my ankle, and I could resume my place on the um, on the stage, on the virtual stage, mm -hmm. if you will, yeah. um, because it was not not something I had to worry about hobbling to or walking fast enough or whether I was going to be in a show where I could get down the stairs quickly enough in between entrances. These are the mm -hmm. kinds of things that I was thinking about at the time. Like, okay, I'm just starting to walk, but like, if I have to exit, will I still be exiting the stage in the middle of the next scene? Cause I'm going so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so, true. you know, those true. Yeah. So that was a gift. Honestly, I was so, I felt so lucky to be able to heal in real time without um, feeling left behind. So that was, you know, I know we all have our little bits of, you know, although nobody would prefer that this happened, obviously, for many, many reasons, but everyone does have a little bit of a silver lining story. And this is what I think is so important is moving forward in gratitude, especially in the times that are the most challenging because I think there is this expectation that nothing bad is ever going to happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just not what the experience of being human is. No, <laughs> with a it smile. It just isn't, no, <laughs> well, it is, I mean. You're right. I'm smiling because you know, it's just a truth. It's not something you can get upset about, it's a fact and, and we all know it. So how can you find a little room for gratitude around the things that are working in your favor? Um, and take a, put your focus on that. And that's not to say ignore what's happening or don't validate your feelings. Um, clearly, you know, it's very important to me as, as a human, as someone who, um, you know, works in empathy for a living as an actor. Yeah. Um, of course, it's important to feel your feelings, but our brains are very powerful and they will go on there. Our thoughts will go in whatever route we have trained them to go with our little neural pathways. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's important to look, look at the good things, look at the silver linings that are happening, because I think that gives you the hope and, and the strength to carry on and say, look, even in the face of all of this, um, this blessing has come my way. And if that's possible, mm -hmm. then boy, this ride of the human experience is, is really a joyful, um, joyful and incredible, you know, ride. Mm. Bob, um, yeah, you're bringing up, okay, there's a lot of questions and a lot of statements. Yes, the pandemic has ended a lot of situations for people that had unfavorable situations. It's begun a new bunch of relationships and ended a bunch of relationships that people probably should have been out of before this pandemic. So there's a weird silver lining to the pandemic yeah. breaking the the constant hamster wheel that some of us should be on shouldn't be on and what have you so i, I really appreciate you saying that i want to talk about the self-talk during the ankle back to the ankle what was oh. your self-talk to get through that or was it just an undeniable you know i'm gonna just i'll just get through it i think there were many different phases of it you know mm -hmm. um 
So I had, you know, my body had to heal. My brain had to heal for a little while. It was an accident, you know, and so quite suddenly, and it was a bad injury. So in the beginning, it was just about being quiet and allowing, like even TV was too much. There was a, a little bit of, you know, sort of PTSD just from the experience alone. So I spent a lot of time um, coloring, to be honest, okay. because it seemed to be the only thing that my my brain could go, you know, go to a meditative place sure. without having to overthink anything. Um, but I have to say that two things. I think when you experience something very serious, a uh, serious injury or, you know, God forbid, a, a, an illness, you, there's some part of you that knows, oh, well, there's no. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't worry about it. I know. How I'll, to I'll start it. that thought again. I don't know. I don't know why that. Um, Okay, I see. Um, let me start that again. When you have a significant setback like that, be it a serious injury or an illness, there is a clean uh, perspective about it. There's something that does tell you, well, you can't sort of wiggle your way out. You're here. If you can't walk, you can't walk, right? Yep. You can't say, no, no, I got this. I'll just walk in two days instead of two months, right. right? It's very clean. So part of you has to sort of sit back and say, well, this is what it is yeah. and not fight it so much. Um, I think I'm grateful for that part mm. of it. And also because I was in that, a little bit of that relaxed state about it, right? I can't fight it. Mm. Um, I was so grateful for all of the things that started to roll my way because of it, the way my friends showed up for me. I mean, I was, I was pretty private about it when it was happening um, mm -hmm. because that was what I chose to be. I was like, you know, some people are like, you know, <laughs> in the hospital with their crutches going, you know, hashtag healing vibes. That's just not who I am. I just wanted to sort of, you know, go through this on my own. But I was in a wonderful company of actors at the Rose Tattoo who were unbelievably generous, who came to visit me all the time. Um, I was, because I was in bed for a while with a cast, I had friends sending me pajamas in the mail. Like there was just such an outpouring of love that made me think, wow, I don't even know if I, had any awareness of just how much I was loved mm. before this. And so this was a gift. This was a blessing of the breaking, right? Yeah. So um, it wasn't so much self-talk as just being open to the beauty that was coming my way. It was a, well, what I like to say it was a crash course in the art of receiving. It is because you can't, yeah. when someone says, no, I'll, I'm, I'm going to volunteer to be in your house all day and like, you know, be with you so that I can like get you a glass of water and, you know, like, you know, help you mm -hmm. be in your house and um, whatever you need. I'm going to volunteer those eight hours because I care about you and you're my friend. I just want to be with you. It's enormous. It's also very hard to say, okay, thanks. To, right. Yeah, especially if even you're very though independent. <laughs> yes. And, 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 you know, we'd all rather be the giver. Let's face it. I'd much rather be the person who's going over to somebody's house going, let me help you with the things you need help with. Let me fold up your clothes. Let me, you know, whatever it is that you can't do easily. Um, let me be that for you. I'd be so happy to help you in that way. Mm. But to actually receive that from friends is harder. And, but I was really grateful to be able to, um, 
to do that, to learn how to do that. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying like I'm an expert and now anybody can just <laughs> <laughs> stop by. Come on yeah. over, do me favors. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is right. it was it was wonderful to you start I started to understand that people really did want to help. Yeah. And um and that I was giving them a gift by allowing them to do so. So um yeah, Brene Brown has a quote about that. She says something like, if you don't accept help, the the parallel of that like means that you are secretly judging people when you're helping them. I've never thought of it that way. Right? Yeah. So, and I thought, well, when I'm helping people, I'm not judging them. So why should I think the people who are helping me are judging me? Mm. Right? So anyway, that's, uh, it was a very, um, it was a beautiful time mm. in its own way. And I think because I had that experience of, knowing there was light in the darkness mm -hmm. before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. um, I had a little more faith mm. that things were going to be okay. Even though there was a, you know, there was pain and loss and, you know, things that we wish we could uh, rewind the clock about. And yet so many, so many things have come out that are necessary, important to discuss. Um, clearly the, uh, you know, look, the last 14 months, whether we're ready for not, had us assess all of our personal values and systems, right? Didn't it though? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And what do we miss the most? What well, we're ready to let go of, but most importantly, like, what did we learn? And so as we reemerge into this new, like, reconstructionist era, mm -hmm. uh, I was asking, like, well, what kind of human being do I want to be now that I see things differently or now that we're all allowed to speak uh, more, just allowed to be more vocal about everything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what actual ways of being can make me more human, obviously, you know, Clay, you know, the, the, the ways of being are very important to me, these ideas of who are you in the world? Are you trusting? Are you bold? Are you adventurous? Are you generous? Are you collaborative? Um, so, yeah. So, so clearly over the past year, like there's a lot of things that need to change. There's things that are outdated and even broken mm -hmm. systems that new, do need to be completely remodeled. Um, and uh, the question is like, you know, and you're, we're seeing a lot of outrage mm -hmm. and aggression about it. And um, that's not normally the way I operate, although I feel it can be very valuable um, but you ask yourself, like, we all have a lane in this. What is my lane mm -hmm. where I can be active? Um, and I am really trying to work with grace and gratitude. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>